All right, if you'll take your Bible and let's turn to the Gospel of John, chapter number 8. John's Gospel, chapter number 8. We know that this Tuesday is a national holiday known as Independence Day. It's actually one of my favorite holidays because of both what it commemorates and what it stands for in our nation. Um, This year marks 247 years uh, since the founders of our nation signed the document back in 1776, uh, known as the Declaration of Independence. And we know that the signing of that document began a war for freedom in our land against tyranny of British rule. And uh, we know that as the American Revolutionary War or the or just the Revolutionary War. And I remember 47 years ago, wow, a while back, when our nation celebrated 200 years. Uh, and I was single, and I was 20 years of age at that time. And while I had too many things wrong with me physically to serve in the armed forces, uh, I was nevertheless very patriotic. And even in the midst of growing anti-American sentiment back there during the tail end of the Vietnam War, many of you remember that, there was a lot of anti-American sentiment. And uh, I remember my choice of decor for my bedroom from that year until I left uh, the home when I got married was curtains and, and, and bedspread that depicted the bicentennial of our nation. And it was a red, white, and blue. You walk in there, you know this guy was patriotic. Uh, but it was regarding our nation's freedom. And let me say, uh, I don't know about you, but I'm alarmed today at the ever-increasing number of people, especially young people in our land, who are leaning more and more toward our nation becoming a, a freedom-limiting socialistic country under tyrannical rule rather than being the free capitalistic country that it was originally founded to be. If you're paying attention, and I hope that you are, you know that many, if not most, of the freedoms that we have previously enjoyed in our land are now in jeopardy. And our freedom came because the Lord blessed uh, our nation. The Lord God blessed our nation, and He blessed it for His purposes. I think a lot of the blessings came our way because uh, of the Lord's uh, wanting to use our nation in missionary endeavors around the world. I, um, but uh, today, there are an ever-increasing number of people in our land who turn a deaf ear to the Lord and turn a deaf ear to His Word, uh, including many believers. And we know that sin is more rampant in the United States than it ever has been before. And if there's ever been a time when the people of God have needed to heed Second Chronicles 7.14, it's today. We need to... Humble ourselves. We, it says Second Chronicles seven fourteen that we sang a little while ago. My people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray, and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven, and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Now that admonition is not speaking of our nation as a whole, but rather the believing remnant of believers. It's talking about those of us who's, who have believed on the Lord. We need to, to look in our own lives. Now, I want uh, us today to look at and think about the, the wonderful words of free and freedom today. We've been so blessed to grow up in this and live in this country of ours that has afforded, afforded us much personal freedom. Many think that to be free or to live in freedom means not to be in bondage 
to or under the control of another. And while that is certainly the case, it leaves out an important aspect. Even in a free society such as ours, there has to be laws. Laws are needed and placed in, in place to protect folks and uh, to limit what we can and cannot do for our own sake and for the sake of others. I mean, I would not want somebody to have the freedom to go out and do 120 miles per hour out on the, on the, the roads. There, there are laws in place to keep that from happening. Now, I want us to understand that true freedom or liberty is not necessarily a matter of us being able to do as we want or do as we like, but rather freedom or liberty is a matter of us being able to do as we ought to do. Do as we ought to do. Now, I've said pretty much all I intend to say about the freedom as citizens in this dear land of ours, but I want us to examine and see today the, our freedom in Christ and what it means to be free in Christ uh, uh, and what it should mean to us. And let's read our passage of Scripture here in John chapter number 8, uh, beginning with verse number 31. John chapter number 8 and verse number 31. It says here, Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, We be Abraham's seed, and were never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, ye shall be made free? Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. And the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth ever. If the son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. Jesus speaks here of the freedom that one can have by knowing him and by being in him. I want us to understand today, first of all, understand that before faith in Christ, one is in captivity or bondage. Before we came to know Christ, we were very much so in captivity or bondage. We were in bondage to Satan. Look at 2 Timothy chapter number 2. 2 Timothy chapter number 2, and we see uh, that the Apostle Paul refers to this and is writing to the young preacher Timothy in 2 Timothy 2 and verse number 24, uh, down through the end of the chapter there. 2 Timothy 2, verse 24 says, And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient, in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves, if a God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth, and that they may, notice this, may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. Now that word snare means a trap. Uh, if some of you guys are like I was when I grew up, we used to set traps uh, for different animals. And that's what it's referring to, a, a snare or a trap, a, tr a trick or stratagem that you are using. Uh, Psalm 124 verse 7 says, Our soul is escaped as a bird out of the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken and we are escaped. I'm so glad that we are 
escaped from the snare that, that held us, the snare of our sins. That word captive means to take alive. It means to capture or ensnare. And so we see what the Apostle Paul is talking about here. There was a time when we were in bondage to Satan, but we're no longer, now that we're in Christ, we're no longer in bondage to him. And we were also in bondage to self. Uh, Paul talks about in Ephesians 2 uh, that we were fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. Uh, our flesh is a problem, isn't it? Romans 8 verse 7 and 8 says, Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. We, we all have tr- trouble with our flesh, don't we? This flesh, even though we are saved, even though we are uh, born again and on our way to heaven, we still are troubled by the flesh. But thank God we don't have to be in bondage to the flesh anymore now that Jesus is in our life. We know that Galatians chapter number 5 and verses 19 through 21 speaks of the works of the flesh as opposed to uh, the fruit of the Spirit. And you know, if we walk in the Spirit, so we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And praise God that when we have the Holy Spirit living inside, we can walk according to His heating in our life rather than to the heating of our flesh. Those who are in bondage to self or flesh practice the things that called the works of the flesh and cannot do as they ought to do because they are slaves to their flesh. We see another, a third thing that we are freed from. Understand it before faith in Christ, one is in captivity or, or bondage to sin. And uh, here in John chapter number 8, this is what Jesus was talking about. Uh, we, he talked about the, the bondage or servitude there of sin. And uh, uh, committeth speaks of, of the ongoing practice of sin. Look at 1 John chapter number 3. 1 John chapter number 3. 1 John 3 and verse number 4. 1 John 3 verse 4. And uh, the Apostle John writes here, he says, Whosoever committeth, and that word committeth is talking about practicing sin, whosoever committeth sin transgresseth also the law. For sin is the transgression of the law. And ye know that he was manifested, talking about Jesus, was manifested to take away our sins, and in him is no sin. Whosoever abideth in him sinneth not. In other words, they don't practice sin. Whosoever sinneth hath not seen him, neither known him. Little children, let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness, he practice righteousness, is righteous, and he, even as he is righteous, and he that committeth sin, talking about practicing sin, is of the devil. For the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin, for he is, his seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin because he is born of God. Thank God that when we got saved, uh, we were released from that bondage of sin, and we no longer have to, to follow that sin. We can, we can follow Christ. We have the freedom to practice righteousness because 
we have the righteousness of Christ in our life. So before Christ freed us by faith, we were all in captivity or bondage to Satan, to self, and to sin. A second thing I want us to understand this morning is this. Understand that after faith in Christ, one is set free in him. We are set free in Christ. And that's what he's talking about there in John 8, verse 36 in our text. If the Son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. Now we know that when Jesus was on the cross, he purchased that freedom for us. Isaiah 53, verses 5 and 6 pointed to that time that would come. It says, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. When the Lord laid on him our iniquity, it caused us to be able to be set free by our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Understand that in Christ, first of all, in Christ we are freed from judgment of sins that are past, that are present, and that are future. You know, when Jesus uh, died for your sins, he, 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 uh, he did so for all of your sins. And listen, when he died on the cross, all your sins were for future. I know a lot of folks have trouble understanding that, but Romans chapter 8 and verse number 1 uh, that we have just recently seen on, on Sunday evenings is there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. Thank God that, that we are in Christ by faith in Him. And because we are in Christ, there is no condemnation uh, that comes our way. John 3, verse 18 says, He that believeth on Him, talking about Christ, is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. I know that there are folks who uh, have trouble uh, believing that it's uh, salvation by grace through faith, and faith alone in, in the Lord Jesus Christ uh, brings about salvation, but that's what the Bible reveals to us. By grace through faith in Christ alone, that condemnation is lifted, and that freedom is given on our behalf. John chapter number 5 and verse 24 says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me. These are the words of Jesus. He said, if you, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. That is a, a one-time transaction passing from death to life. And it, to understand that we are freed from the judgment of our, our, our past sins is not difficult. But our present and our future sins, sometimes that's difficult for us to realize. But we are, we are freed from all of our sin. And thank God for that. Romans chapter number 5, verse number 9 says, Much more then, being now justified by His blood, we shall be saved from wrath through Him. 1 Thessalonians 1.10 talks about, and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. If you've been delivered from the wrath to come, that means you don't have to, any wrath to look forward to. Amen. 
So in Christ, we are freed from judgment of sins, past, present, and future. Number two, in Christ, we are freed from the bondage of sin, from the bondage of sin. Romans chapter number six and verse 18 says, being then made free from sin, ye became the servants of righteousness. Before, we were servants of sin, but now we have become servants of righteousness in the Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 6 verse 22 says, But now being made free from sin and become servants to God, ye have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. Listen, it's because of His righteousness applied to our account. It's not the righteousness that we have of our own. And we're going to see tonight, if you join us tonight, when we take a look at uh, Israel's problem. Israel's problem is like, one of the big problems they had is that they wanted to to, uh, uh, do the law and have their righteousness come by way of the law rather than by believing on Christ. And that's not the way it comes. None of us can keep the law. None of us can be the righteousness that we need to be. And even if we could right now become that righteousness, we've got the problem of past sins. Amen? But Jesus takes care of the past, the present, and the future. And being now made free from sin becomes servants to God. We have that fruit that He gives us unto holiness and the end, everlasting life. A third thing is in Christ we are freed from the law. Freed from the law. Now, we understand and we know that the law was given so that man could see how exceedingly sinful that he really was. The law has never been a method of salvation. It's been a method of education. It's our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. Uh, Romans 6 verse 18, excuse me, Romans 8 verse number 2, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of of sin and death. The, the law of spirit of life in Christ Jesus. What is that law? The law of faith. Amen. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. And that law uh, of believing on the Lord Jesus Christ to, for salvation is the only law that we need to know. It's made us free from that law of sin and death because of that, that old law that's all it could bring about in our lives was sin and death. Galatians 2 verse number 19 Paul said, For I through the law am dead to the law that I might live unto God. Romans 6 verse 14. Uh, Paul said, For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law but under grace. Thank God for grace. Amen. The unmerited favor it gives us the salvation that we enjoy. And Romans 10 verse number 4, which is one of the verses we'll look at tonight, says, For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. Salvation, again, comes by belief on what Christ did on the cross of Calvary. His death, there on on the cross, we see his death as being the atoning death for our sins. We know, come to understand that he was buried and that he arose again the third day for our salvation. And all we have to do is believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and trust what he did on our behalf, repenting of our sin, turning away from whatever it is that we're trusting to try to get us to heaven, 
uh, and other than Christ and turn to Christ and Christ alone. In Christ, we're not only freed from the judgment of sins, past, present, and future, and freed from the bondage of sin and freed from the law, but uh, praise God, in Christ, we are also freed from care. Freed from care. Look at Matthew chapter number 6. Matthew chapter number 6. <clears throat> we, have, we have a Heavenly Father that takes care of us. Those of us that are in Christ, we, uh, we have no need to take thought of the needs of this life. Romans 6, and, and excuse me, Matthew 6, verse number 20, uh, 25 here. Matthew 6, verse 25, he says, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat, what you shall drink, nor yet for your body, what you shall put on. Is not the, the life more than meat, and the body more than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you by thought, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field. For they grow, they toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For all these things do the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. I'm glad we got a caring heavenly Father that for those of us that are in Christ, he, he cares about our needs. And in fact, uh, uh, the Apostle Peter wrote in 1 Peter 5, 7 that we could cast all of our care upon Him. He said, casting all your care upon Him, for He careth for you. And I love what Paul wrote to the Philippian believers in Philippians 4, verse 6 and 7 when he says, be careful for nothing. In other words, don't be anxious. Don't, don't be full of care like what we just read about there in Matthew 6. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So when we're in Christ, we're freed from care. We, we, we can depend upon the Lord Jesus Christ. Then in, in Christ, I want us to see that we are also freed from the fear of death. Look at Hebrews chapter number 2. Book of Hebrews chapter number 2. <clears throat> Hebrews 2, verse number 14 and 15 here. Speaking about Jesus here. 
Christ Jesus our Lord in Hebrews 2. Look at verse number 14. It says here, For as much then as the children, that's us, are partakers of flesh and blood, he, speaking of Jesus, also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is, the devil, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. You know, nobody wants to think about the matter of dying, but as believers in Christ, we don't have to have fear about death. The Apostle Paul talked about it being be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. What a blessing that is. But Romans 8, verse number 15, the Apostle Paul said, For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. We, we can look to the Lord. Amen. And 2 Timothy 1, 7, he, Paul told Timothy, he said, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. What a blessing. Amen. Have no need to fear. I wondered this morning, has Christ freed you? That's another way of asking, are you trusting in Christ? In Christ alone for salvation? I hope so. If, if you have trusted, are you trusting in Him? Are you enjoying the freedom afforded you by your position of being in Christ? Or have you returned to, to live in some of the bondage of the past? Look at uh, uh, one last place I'll have you turn to Galatians chapter number 5. Book of Galatians chapter number 5. In Galatians 5, the, the problem with the Galatian church is that there were uh, some folks known as the Judaizers. These were... Um, Jews who believed that uh, uh, you had to keep the law as a part of salvation. They wanted to add, add uh, the law uh, to faith in Christ. And, and the Apostle Paul is telling them here, understand that you're free. And look at verse number 1, Galatians 5 verse 1. Stand fast therefore in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. In other words, he's saying, trust Christ. And in Christ alone, don't think, of, don't think that you've got to go do that the Old Testament law. In verse 2, look at what it says. Behold, I, Paul, say unto you that if ye be circumcised, Christ shall profit you nothing. In other words, he's talking about adding, adding to, to the gospel blocks the true gospel out. He says there in verse 3, For I testify... Uh, again unto you that every man that is circumcised that he he's a debtor to do the whole law. You know, if you're going to put yourself under the law, you got to do the whole law, or it doesn't do you any good. But notice verse four: Christ has become of no effect unto you, whosoever of you are justified by the law, ye are fallen from grace. That grace is by whereby we are saved. Amen. Look at uh, verse 5. For we, we through the Spirit wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. It's by faith. So verse 6. For in Christ, Jesus Christ, neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, 
but faith which worketh by love. He said, you did run well. Who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? Look at uh, verse 13. That may, uh, Verse 13 is talking about that we don't... Uh, uh, we may be free from the law, but that doesn't give us the ability to uh, just go out and do the way that we want to do. In verse 13, For brethren, ye have, not, ye have been called unto liberty, only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. So some believers were buying into the lie of the Judaizers, who were preaching this false gospel, saying that the law had to be kept in addition to faith in Christ in order to be saved. And Paul is saying, forget about that. It's by grace through faith. And don't move away from what you have believed on in Christ. Now Paul also pointed out in his epistle to Galatians and epistle to the Romans that though in Christ we are no longer under the bondage of, of these things that we've seen this morning. We should nevertheless become servants or bond slaves uh, to Christ, who, who gave us all for us. And, you know, we, we ought to want to serve Christ. We, as bond slaves, service was not a forcible servitude, but a service out of love. When the Jews would think of the term bond slave, their mind would go back to Deuteronomy chapter 15 verse 16 to 17, that talks about a bond slave in the, the context of if somebody had put themselves under the servitude of a fellow Hebrew um, and they were, they were able to be released at a particular time. And uh, if they didn't want to be released, they wanted to continue to serve their master because their master had been good to them. They would take an awl and they would put, uh, take and drive it through the ear. And knowing that that was a, a, a sign that they were serving this uh, master that they had, serving him the rest of their life out of love. And that's what the Lord wants from us. He wants to, not a forced servitude, but a servitude out of service for the love that Christ had for us on the cross of Calvary. Thank God for our liberty in our nation, but thank God more for the liberty that we have in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning for the liberty that Christ afforded us through what he did there on the cross of Calvary. And Lord, I pray that uh, if there's somebody here today that is trusting something other than Christ and Christ alone, that they will come to a saving knowledge of you today. Lord, as we uh, have an invitation today, we, we invite folks to respond to the message. We, we thank you for the liberty that we have in Christ, these things that uh, no longer apply to us because we are saved, and, and we give you all the glory for that. But Lord, we also want to serve you out of the great love that you loved us with. Help us to have the right, the proper desires to serve you and to, and to uh, Lord, uh, be obedient to you. Lord, help us that are saved understand, Lord, the, the great, the great li liberty and freedom that we have in Christ Jesus. And Lord, to also desire to be a blessing 
to you and to be a blessing to others. Lord, have your way. It's invitation, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand, please.